0: I was a big fan of Whose Line Is It Anyway? I, I, I still am, it's a really great show. They used to do this uh, comedic segment, it's an improv show, called The Good News and The Bad News. Yeah, the Pac-12's got some good news and some bad news right now. Let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome everybody to another episode of Lockdown Pack Twelve. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On. Podcast network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Pac-12. Which is why, if you haven't already, please like, comment, subscribe wherever you listen to or watch the show. I am so very humbly grateful to all of you out there who have done so already. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. If you've never seen whose line is it anyway, by the way, just go to YouTube, search some scenes from a hat, and watch hoedowns. Really, really great comedic stuff. But. They used to do this segment called the good news and the bad news. Why don't we start with the good news? Let's keep it upbeat. Let's keep it optimistic, right? Here's the good news for the Pac-12, and I'm talking kind of long-term here. There's some long-term, there's some short-term, but the good news here potentially is long-term if you're George Klyovkov, who is currently in the midst of trying to figure out what the media rights future of our beloved Conference of Champions is going to look like, because right now, we don't know, he doesn't know, you don't know, he might have an idea, I hope he has at least an idea at this point in time, but we don't know for sure. But when thinking about the viability of, let's call it the Pac-10 right now, going forward without USC and UCLA, what you need to not just be appealing to college football fans but to media executives as well who are going to pay you for the right to put your product on so that they may sell advertising. And now, if we didn't before, we understand how these uh, negotiations go and what they're trying to achieve. You need viable teams. You need teams that people want to watch, that people do watch, and you need to be able to put a good product on the field. So if you're George Klyovkov looking at the conference right now, <clears throat> Excuse me. You are looking for teams beyond the LA schools who can be kind of the the kingmakers, the ringers, so to speak, of your conference that people are going to want to watch. And Washington beating Oregon on Saturday, I think Klevkov looks at that and goes straight back to the negotiating table and says, by the way, we're gonna have that game. For you to show every year because washington is a critical component of what the pac-12 is going to be able to do next and how viable they will be in the eyes of media executives because without usc and ucla what's the biggest tv market that you have remaining pretty sure statistically it's seattle might be the bay area but we know that washington with the show that i ta- that i had uh, last week where i was talking about these sorts of numbers from 2015 to 2021, for those of you who didn't listen to or watch it, without USC and UCLA games, the teams that are the most viewed on average of the Pac 10 teams remaining Oregon's first, Stanford is second, and Washington is third. So for George Kalyavkov, you'd like Stanford to have somewhat of a resurgence. That doesn't appear likely at the moment, but you want Oregon and Washington to be up there. For a couple reasons number one they're both pretty well-known brands i think oregon maybe a little bit more for casual college football fans but washington was the last pac-12 team to go to the playoff and washington can recruit at a top 20 level i believe their recruiting ranking right now in the class of 2023 is in that sort of range they're capable of being that so if you're trying to sell to fans and media executives that your conference is viable going forward You kind of want Oregon and Washington to lead the way. And here's the other thing that you want. You want those games to look like what you had on Saturday night. Seattle this year, Eugene next year, Seattle, Eugene, Seattle, Eugene, back and forth, wherever it goes. You want it to be tight games. And by the way, they have been. If those are going to be your premier brands, right? And Utah is certainly in this conversation as well from a, a, a team caliber standpoint. But from a media market and viewership standpoint, they're not on Oregon and Washington's level. You want those two teams to be your ringers because they have a heated rivalry. It is heated. It can draw the most interest of any matchup between the remaining Pac-10 teams. And I don't know that it's particularly close. Yeah, Oregon and Utah will probably, you know, get a, a decent number this Saturday as well. But it's not like Oregon and Washington. And you need to have those sorts of games that you can still sell that keep people interested, that keep people engaged, right? you got to have a history. you got to have that sort of just blood-boiling animosity at some level, right? Oklahoma and Texas, for years it's been a big, big game in the Big 12. I watch it every year. I love watching Red River. I think every conference needs that sort of game. The SEC has got a bunch of them. In the Big Ten, it's Ohio State and Michigan. The ACC, eh, doesn't really have one. Guess what? The ACC is behind all the other conferences right now. It doesn't have that same sort of game where you could have two teams that are not just bitter rivals, not just in good media markets that can get a good rating on TV, but are also good teams. So the prospect of both Oregon and Washington being good for the Pac-12, or the Pac-10 rather, is really, really good going forward. Because that makes you a much more appealing league. Now, do you need other teams to elevate their play as well? Yes. If Oregon State keeps being good, it's not a huge media draw, at least statistically, but it's still interesting. It's still fun. They can get some respect and maybe increase their clout with college football fans nationally if they continue to get more exposure than they have been. With the former, uh, you know, or I guess current Pac-12 media rights deal. Talked about that. I mean, they played USC. Still one of the worst things that we have seen this year. Oregon State playing USC on the Pac-12 network. Give me a break. Gosh, that was ridiculous. And brutal for the Beavs. Because they didn't get to show just how good they can be. There's a resurgent USC team. And there's Oregon State. And you had them on the Pac-12 network. Come on. Still peeved about that. I know Beaver fans are as well. And you've got every right to be. Which is why, hopefully, the next deal is not going to include such shortcomings. That's not going to be as much of an issue. It's a tough spot for Klyovkov and company to be in at the moment. But that's what they're making money for. But you need those sorts of games. You need Oregon and Washington. You want Utah to be good as well. You would like Stanford to kind of get back to being Stanford. Because... From a conference respect standpoint, or just a a branding respect for the Pac-12 nationally, you'd ideally have four teams that have shown themselves capable of getting to the playoff in the four-team format, who can play at that level. Washington's been to it. Oregon's been to it. And they were close this year, but now, of course, they're done. Utah has gotten very, very close. And I think a lot of people gain respect for them for how they play Ohio State in the Rose Bowl last year, and they continue to get that sort of respect. But having a fourth, I think that would go a long way. And the answer, at least based on you know who watches the most Pac-12 games or who draws the most viewers, if you're at you'd like it to be Stanford. The problem is it doesn't look like Stanford is moving in that sort of direction. They're underdogs at Cal who just, thankfully for the Bears, Got rid of their offensive staff or a couple, their OC and their offensive line coach. Now they're moving in a different direction. They're still five and a half point favorites against the Cardinal. I do like the Bears uh, this week. More on that will come certainly later in the week. But I got a couple more thoughts on on this meteorite deal as it pertains to Oregon and Washington and why why that's so important. But we've all got to protect our homes, right? We, I mean, like we've all just got. To do it, and that's why you have to go check out Simply Safe. They are an award-winning home security system. They're the only one that I recommend. So, Locked On Pac-12 listeners, you've got to go get it right now. Simply Safe is the number one-rated home security system for your home. And guess what? They are offering the deal of a lifetime right now: fifty percent off. Yeah, you can get fifty percent off a Simply Safe home security system. It's absolutely nuts. But you've got to go now. They've got everything that you need 24 7 professional monitoring and all of the technology that they have. Fast Protect at Simply Safe captures critical evidence, verifies the threat is real so you can get a priority police response. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend 50% off at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There is no safe like Simply Safe. That's simplysafe.com slash on This Oregon-Washington idea of them being there is really critical. Like, really critical for the Pac-12. And do you want to see other teams having success, too? Yeah, of course. It it doesn't help the Pac-12 that Colorado is just, I'm sorry, Buffs fans, dreadful. Like, they're dreadful this year. USC played, what, their C-plus, B-minus game and still won by a lot. The only team they beat this year was Cal that is, you know, having a bit of a down year. They're probably going to end the season 111. That doesn't help. But then you look at what Arizona's doing. And you don't know what Arizona State's going to be. But could Arizona be a competitive team? Maybe floating out of the top 25 in a year or two? Like the idea of the Pac-12 having Oregon and Washington with Utah at the top is probably the best sales pitch you can make. Because I don't think there's really a better one. Even Stanford, who has some clout nationally, or at least respect, or people understand them, partially because they're such an academic power. But you know, people also remember Christian McCaffrey. They remember Andrew Luck, Toby Gearhart, and you know the the great Stanford teams of the past. But they haven't been that in quite some time. So if you're Kliovkov, you're looking at Oregon and saying, okay, you need to have you, you need to have a plan that you know keeps you on a path to having success looks like Oregon has that if you're Washington you're like yeah we, we can't have Washington be going four and eight yeah it doesn't look like they're doing that anymore DeBoer's recruiting well and we are I've talked extensively about what he brings from an in-game coaching perspective which is quite a bit you look at Utah and say is Kyle Whittingham there good that means Utah's never going to be bad They might not be elite, they might not be top tier every single year, but they're never going to be bad because they never are. They've had two losing seasons, and there were five win campaigns since joining the Pac-12. Pretty sure that's the stat. I'm going to double check that here real quick because I, I enjoy being accurate, but you just know that Utah is never going to be a team that you can walk over as long as Whittingham is there. When he retires, don't know when that's going to be. Uh, I am correct on that, by the way. They, they were 3 and 2 in and, yeah, 2020, doesn't count. Whatever. They had back to back 5 and 7 seasons in 2012 and 13. But since then, 9 10, 9 7, 9 11, and 10 wins. And then however many they will end with this year. That's what Utah is. And the conference I think that the Pac 12 is going to continue to compare itself to is the Big 12. Without Texas and Oklahoma in there, What does the Big 12 have? They've got TCU, who's having a great year. Do we think TCU is going to be an undefeated caliber team year in and year out? No, probably not. Could Oklahoma be good again with Brent Venables? Yeah. Are they going to be what they were with Lincoln Riley? Obviously not. Obviously not. So Oklahoma could be good, but again, they're not going to be there anyway. Oklahoma State? Yeah, they're good. Every now and then they get a playoff caliber year. Like, if you can have a top three of Oregon, Washington, and Utah and then supplement that with, like, a solid or respectable, I think Oregon State, Oregon State is a quarterback away, by the way, from being, they're 7-3 and three right now. They're, they're a good quarterback away or a good quarterback play away this season from being realistically 9-1. Or would that be 9-1? Yeah, 9-1. and one. They could 100% be that. They need better quarterback play against Washington. They needed better quarterback play against USC. And if they have those two things, they're a nine and one football team. They were not beating Utah regardless, but <laughs> they could have won the other games pretty easily. They didn't even need amazing quarterback play. They just needed good quarterback play, but they had bad production from the quarterback position. So what could Oregon State become with Jonathan Smith? I don't know. I'm excited to watch and find out because he's built something pretty exceptional and the other good thing, if you're an Oregon State fan, is Jonathan Smith is not going to go anywhere. Like, typically, at, at a school like Oregon State, you have that much success, and you'd be asking, like, well, is another school going to come in and try and poach? Flint? No, he's an Oregon State guy. Like, that's pro- for all I know, and I, I'm pretty sure that's the case, that's his dream job because that's where he played. I don't think he's going to be drawn anywhere else. And that guy clearly knows how to coach. That guy clearly knows how to coach. That, again, is good news for the Pac 12. So you look at what the Big 12 has. They have Cincinnati, they have UCF, they have Houston, they have BYU coming in, and then they've got Oklahoma State, and then they've got TCU. And I look at those six teams, and then you've got a Baylor in there as well that you know can have some really good seasons, but like this year tends to regress to the mean the following season. Like they're they're capable of being good, but they're not going to be good year in and year out. And I look at the top teams there, and I look at the top teams in the Pac-12 and I say, Gosh, that looks at least comparable. Certainly deeper than what the ACC's got, which is Clemson and the Scrubs. North Carolina is not bad, but everybody else in the ACC kind of stinks. Like even the teams that are that are good, you know, Wake Forest is decently good. I think they're six and four right now. If they played Washington State, I think the Cougs win by ten, because I don't think Wake Forest moves the ball very much on Washington State. Like the depth of the Pac-10. Is pretty darn good. Is it amazing? Is it SEC or Big Ten Caliber? No, Big Ten stinks this year, by the way, but like that's a different conversation after Michigan Ohio State, of course. So that's the upside if you're if you're the Pac-12, Pac-10, whatever you want to call it. If you're the Pac Conference, which is kind of redundant. So we'll just go with Pac-10. If you're the Pac-10, you're George Kleyovkoff, you look at it and say, Boy, that Washington, Oregon game has got a lot of history. Can get a lot of eyeballs everybody loves good rivalry anytime those teams play you're gonna have a sold out hostile crowd and if both those teams can continue to be in the top 15 when they meet that's that's your linchpin game that's that's your everybody circle it that's the game that everybody will want to watch let's get to the bad news in the pac 12. the bad news is there is still a path to Get a team to the playoff. I don't think it's going to happen. I've been wrong before. I think USC is a good team. I don't think they're a college football playoff caliber team. I think that without UCLA or Oregon, and I was, re- I, I cannot express how surprised I was. Happy for Arizona, no doubt. I thought the Wildcats played well, and the Bruins just kind of looked like they weren't totally ready. They were taking them maybe a little lightly, and they just didn't execute in a few critical moments. And they'll have 34 points. But most of the problem was they didn't score for I thought they would score at least 40 on that Arizona defense, like props to the Wildcats there. But if you don't have UCLA and you don't have Oregon, the only option left for the college football playoff this year for the Pac-12 is USC. That's the only chance. So here we are again where the Pac-12 is cannibalizing itself. <laughs> I saw this hilarious flowchart on, uh, on Twitter the other day. And it was the uh, circle, it was called like the circle of, circle of suck, essentially. And it was like, this team beat this team, and this team beat this team. And it just kept going around, and it was able to come full circle. You know, because Arizona beat UCLA, but Arizona lost to Washington. And UCLA beat Washington pretty handily at home. It was closer at the end, but anyone who watches that game knows UCLA was a much better team on that particular day. And Arizona State lost, or Arizona State beat Washington, and then Arizona State lost to Washington State. So then, if <laughs> you know, it's like all, all this sort of stuff, and it just seems to happen in the Pac 12 every year. Um, but the path of the playoff. Is there for USC? I'll talk about that after I tell you about Bet Online. Which is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis? Get the latest odds and transfer every professional sports, uh, every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those as well at Bet Online. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about online where the game starts. There's a path to USC getting into the playoff. It's the same as what it was for the Pac-12 when Oregon was in the mix or when UCLA was still you know, a little bit of an outsider. But if they'd won the battle for LA and had one loss, yeah, they would have been squarely in the mix. Um, by the way, I really hope it doesn't come to this because then I have to do a lot of rule reading, which I will do. I will do my research and inform you as best I can because that is my job here on Locked On Pac-12. There is a potential, not a guarantee, but a potential for five teams, which is gross, to finish at seven and two. Don't ask me right now. I haven't looked at how all of that would play out. We're going to I'm saying, I'm just telling you right now, if you go on the YouTube comments, hey, what's going to happen if it's five-team playoff? I'm going to tell you, we're going to look at it if we actually get there because that sounds like a headache and a half. So that could 100% happen. USC could get into the playoff, a one-loss conference champion that has a win over UCLA, a close loss to Utah, a win over... Probably they would need Oregon to be in the championship game. Though, getting redemption against Utah, I don't think would look bad. But I think the committee would value, you lost by one at Utah, beat UCLA on the road, beat Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. That's probably the best way for USC to get into the playoff, is to have those three things come to pass, which is entirely possible. I do still think UCLA will bounce back and win this week, but we will see. It's a very close line. Should be a good game. Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson and Jenny Taft, big noon kickoff, are going to the Rose Bowl this Saturday, if you did not see, which is fantastic because it's going to be a fantastic football game. And there should be a lot of points in that football game too. So USC could definitely do that. And then they would need, you know, Tennessee is probably going to get in. TCU is the team the Pac-12 needs to have get knocked out. And then it's got to be Ohio State beating Michigan. Because Michigan's non-conference is horrific. It's shameful. And Notre Dame is somehow... They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. If you lost to Marshall and Stanford at home, and you almost lost to Cal at home you should you could go 10 or 11 and 3 i would not put you in the top 25 because those are the most shameful losses in college football this season they were among them up there with texas a&m dropping a home game to appalachian state i mean marshall and stanford what is anyway but brand bias is a thing as we know so notre dame is in the top 20 which would also help usc's resume if they kept them there if they you know win this week which i think they will because they're playing somebody bad it's like boston college maybe i don't know i've double checked their schedule but notre dame is probably going to be eight and three going in that game with usc if they lose that game and they're eight and four but they stay in the top 25 that looks even better for the trojans if you're trying to build a college football playoff caliber resume but The team that the Pac-12, and specifically USC, because they're the only one left, needs to get out of the way is TCU. And they just keep winning. They, They just keep winning. It feels like they're due to lose a game, but man, I thought it would be that Texas game, and it wasn't. And they were on the road, and Texas was a pretty big favorite, and they still won. And they won in a way that they don't usually win which is a low-scoring slugfest. So that's the one that's got to get out of the way. But the other thing, too, is Ohio State beat Notre Dame. So a one-loss non-Big Ten champion is more likely to get in over a Pac-12 team if it's Ohio State than Michigan. Because Michigan's non-conference is so bad, I do think the committee will punish them for that. I think they're going to say, Michigan, okay, you want to play those three cupcake games that you walked to victories for? You have to be undefeated to get into the college football playoff, which is what the standard should be if you're going to do that. They'd have to beat Ohio State. It's at the shoe. I think Ohio State will win, which would in theory open up a slot. But Tennessee will probably take that because they have a lot of top 25 wins and they play in the SEC. TCU would have to get out of the way. TCU would need to be a non Big 12 champion, but the path is definitely there. I close with this: the show dropping on Tuesday, of course, and I am uh, coming to you live or live ish whenever you listen to this from, uh, from Hawaii. And I that's you know why the why the setup was different and whatnot. But I will be livid on Wednesday's show if the college football playoff rankings come out. And there are not six teams from the Pac twelve in the top twenty-five. There better be. There better be. It should be USC, then Utah, Oregon or Washington, depends on whether or not they they've you know how much weight they put on the loss to Arizona State, because that's a worse loss than either the ones that Oregon has, even though they got routed by Georgia, Arizona state is bad. Washington should not have lost that game, but it'll be in there somewhere, but those three should be there. UCLA. See, that's where it also gets tricky is like, do you put UCLA ahead of Washington? Cause they won the head to head. And then Oregon ahead of UCLA. Cause they won that there, right? This again, circle of suck, but it's not a circle of suck. It's I, I think more a testament to the conference's depth, but USC, Utah, Oregon, Washington, UCLA. Oregon State better be back in the top 25. They didn't just beat Cal. They blew out Cal. Game wasn't close. It was like 38-10. to Like, come on. That team was this close after you put them in the top 25 to beating Washington on the road, who's now a ranked opponent. And they've still got a backup quarterback who's in there playing. And they're still winning a lot of football games. And their defense still rocks. (laughs) Their defense still rocks. There is no excuse. I will come on here and hound the committee for like 20 minutes. I think Oregon State will get in there. I do. They'll probably come in at like number 24. Utah will probably be... Utah could be in the top 10. They could be like the highest rated two-loss team after Bama in the country because they're probably the best two-loss team in the country after Alabama. Then it'll probably be or I, the AP poll had it Oregon, Washington, UCLA. Like, I don't know how you're supposed to decipher any, any of that. A lot of things you consider, but they should be in the teens. They should all still be inside the top 20. I know UCLA took a bad loss. They should not be outside the top 20 right now. There's still one of the 20 best teams in college football. They just had a little bit of an off day. And I don't think you punish them that harshly for one day like that for two, certainly like if they get upset by Cal. Yeah. But if they end the year 9-3, they should be in the top 25 if they, if they lose to the USC and, and then beat Cal in the final week. But Oregon State should be back in the top 25. What a time for the beefs. Going as a 7.5-point road favorite against Arizona State on the road. Sun Devils are not very good. Can be sneaky tough in Tempe. Ask the Huskies about that. But I tell you what, Oregon State is still staring down the barrel of a potential 9-win season right there it's right there you got to beat a bad team on the road and you got to beat a good team at home could be worse it could be a lot worse but the pac 12 should have six count one two three four five got to go to the other hand here six teams half the conference should be ranked in the latest edition of college football playoff rankings i hope they are or else i gotta come on here and tear them a new one. Appreciate everyone listening. See you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day.